Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from his Son, Jesus Christ, who is risen, just as he said. A car is a valuable thing, valuable for getting places, valuable if you sell it. But if your engine is ruined or missing, well, then your car's value is pretty much gone. I mean, you could part it out, sell the pieces, but you're not going to make much. Of course, I'm not here to talk about cars. I'm here to tell you why the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is so important. It's like the engine in your car. Without the resurrection, the Christian faith might have some value, but not much. The resurrection of Christ is so important for two reasons. First, it points us back, proving that Jesus is the Savior that God promised to send for sinners. Now, some might wonder, some might say, well, what do we, what do we even need a Savior for? Well, we need a Savior because we human beings mess things up. And by things, I mean everything. When God created the world, he made it perfect. There wasn't any death or suffering or evil. There was beauty and goodness and love and joy and freedom. But with freedom came possibility. And before long, the first two human beings used their freedom to walk away from God. Except it was more like they spit in his face and shoved him away. They sinned against the source of all goodness and blessing. And before long, the evil of their sin bled into everything. Now, it's true we can't see sin and evil like black ink staining the world. We can't see it in a visible way like that. But we know what it looks like, don't we? We've seen the effects of sin. We've seen it in our own hearts and in the world. It's why we feel sadness. It's why we hate things about other people and about ourselves. When we look inside, we see things about ourselves that we don't like, that we would like to change. But then those things are so hard to change. Sin is why relationships get damaged and fall apart. It's why suicide happens and why there never seems to be enough counselors or enough medication. God didn't want things to be this way. So when the first two human beings sinned, almost immediately God said that he was going to do something about it. He was going to send a savior to fix the world. Now, God didn't tell the first two human beings everything about the Savior right away, but before long, they had quite a list, prophecies telling them what the Savior was going to be like and what he was going to do to bring forgiveness for a broken world. Now, today, I'm not going to list off all of the prophecies regarding his birth or his ministry. We do that at other times during the church year. Today we're going to focus on what the Old Testament says about 
the Savior's death and resurrection. Psalm 22 was written about a thousand years before Jesus was born. And in that psalm, King David describes a crucifixion, complete with pierced hands and feet and soldiers dividing up garments. And this man who is said to be crucified in Psalm 22, it says they laid him down in the dust of death. But then later in this same psalm, this man is praising God for hearing his cry for help. So if he was crucified to death, then how could he praise God later on? In Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53 was written about 600 years before Jesus was born. In that chapter, Isaiah talks about this same crucified person. He describes the injustice of what is happening because this man was innocent. He was being punished for the rebellion of others, being crushed, pierced, even struck down by God for the sins of other people. Isaiah even mentions this man's burial. But then Isaiah says, after his anguish, he will see the light and be satisfied. He will be given a great and mighty reward because he willingly submitted to death. Now, how could that be? How could he see light and be satisfied? How could he be given a mighty reward after his death? In Psalm 16, David predicts the resurrection of the Messiah in, in most clear terms. He says that the Lord will not leave his Holy One in the grave. The Lord will not leave his Holy One to see decay. The Savior of sinners would die, and he would be buried, but not for long. He would be raised from the dead. But the Messiah's resurrection from the dead wasn't only predicted by the Old Testament prophets. His resurrection was also predicted by himself. At least three different times, if you look through the Gospel of Matthew, you'll find Jesus turning to his disciples and telling them something like this. This is from Matthew 20. See, we are going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death. They will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked, flogged, and crucified. And on the third day, he will be raised. You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is critical. Because if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then he couldn't be the Savior that was foretold in the Old Testament. If he didn't rise from the dead on the third day, then this man from Nazareth was a liar. Because he predicted his own death on the third day, or excuse me, his own resurrection on the third day. And there's something else that is super important about this idea of a resurrection from the dead. Only God can do it. Human beings can't bring people back from the dead. I mean, I know sometimes we talk about doctors or first responders as bringing someone back 
You know, when they do CPR to get their heart started or their uh, lungs breathing again. But they're not really bringing someone back from the dead. They may be saving a life. Take that same first responder or doctor out into the cemetery with a shovel and you're going to get different results. People can't raise people from the dead. Angels can't either. They're much more powerful than we are. They can even take life, but they can't give it back. An angel cannot knit the soul of a human being back to that human being's body. Demons can't do it either. But the God who created life in the first place, he can raise people from the dead. And God would only have done that if Jesus was telling the truth. If Jesus was truly raised from the dead, the Father would have only done that if Jesus was his only begotten Son, like Jesus had claimed, and if Jesus was the Savior of the world, like he had claimed. If Jesus had been lying about these things, then God would have left that blaspheming counterfeit rotting in the grave. But that's not what happened. In the New Testament book of Romans, the Apostle Paul tells us why God raised Jesus from the dead. He says that Jesus was handed over to death because of our trespasses and was raised to life because of our justification. To justify means to declare not guilty, like a judge in a courtroom. Not guilty. What Paul means is this. Jesus died to pay for our sins, but his resurrection, that happened for a different reason. That wasn't part of the payment. Jesus was raised to life because his sacrifice had been accepted. The cross was the payment. Jesus' resurrection from the dead was the receipt. In other words, God put his stamp of approval on Jesus' sacrifice by raising him from the dead on the third day. And this is why Jesus' resurrection is so important for you. It is God's testimony that your sins have been paid for. But if you take the resurrection of Christ away, then none of this is true. And Christianity falls apart. That's what Paul says in our sermon reading for today. We read from 1 Corinthians 15, verses 12 through 23. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation is in vain. And so is your faith. Moreover, we are found to be false witnesses about God because we have testified wrongly about God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, 
your faith is worthless, you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have also perished. If we have put our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone. But as it is, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For just as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Earlier I said that the resurrection of Christ is important for two reasons. First, it points us back, proving that Jesus is the Savior that God promised to send. Here in 1 Corinthians, we see that the resurrection of Christ also points us forward. Forward to see the future of everyone who is connected to Jesus by faith. A future that includes resurrection and eternal life. Paul calls Jesus the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. That means there's going to be more harvest to come. He's just the beginning. It's true, Christ was not the first person to ever be raised from the dead. If you look in the Old Testament, you'll find a few resurrections. And in Jesus' ministry, he raised at least three people from the dead. But those people just got a few extra chapters added to their earthly life. They had to die again a second time. But when Jesus was raised from the dead, things were different. His body was glorified. Death could never touch him again. He lives today and will forever. And not just in our hearts and in our minds, in some kind of memory. He is physically, bodily alive. Jesus Christ was the first human being to experience this, but he won't be the last to be raised to glory. Paul says that in Adam, all die. We're all descendants of Adam. But in Christ, all will be made alive. The first fruits come first. He was raised to glory on that first Easter Sunday. But when Jesus returns on the last day, then those who belong to Christ will be raised to glory also. The dust of our bodies will be reassembled to stand in greater glory than they ever saw before. Raised to live in joyful eternity with God. This is why the resurrection is so important. This is why after Jesus rose from the dead on the first Easter Sunday, he kept appearing to the people who knew him. For 40 days, he ate with them, and he talked with them, and he taught them more about the kingdom of God. He let them touch the nail holes and and the spear wound in his side. He wanted them to be sure that it was him, that he had truly died, and that now 
he was alive again. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is so important because of everything that it means. It means that Jesus is the Savior God promised to send. It means that all of his other promises can be trusted. It means that our sins stand forgiven. It means that all in Christ will be raised to glory one day. In every age, there are people who claim to follow the God of the Bible, but then they discard parts of his word. Like the Sadducees of Jesus' day, they said, yeah, we believe in the God of the Bible, but angels? <laughs> angels don't exist. They said, yeah, we believe in the God of the Bible, but a resurrection from the dead? That can't really happen. Was their religion worth anything? Not really. Not with the engine taken out. Dear Christians, leave the engine in. In fact, keep on cracking the hood and studying that thing, looking at the connections and the power that come from the Son of God. He became one of us. He shouldered our load of sin. He went to the cross. He died in our place. And he rose from the dead just like he said he would. He is risen. And we're next. Amen. <laughs>